All right, here we go for real this time. Episode 2.3. Okay, <laughs> welcome back everybody to another episode of the Top DAT Podcast. We have an awesome lineup today. Uh, I am your Uplift Athletic Trainer, Dr. Brandon Holland. And I am the Unapologetic AT, Dr. Donita Valentine. This is going to be a blast. Shall we get started? Absolutely. All right, so we have social media shout outs this week? Yes, we do. I would like to give a couple of shout outs to some new followers on Instagram. We have JSU, the Jackson State um, Master's Program, Athletic Training Master's Program. The Maurice P. followed us. Body of Ed, Kelsey Langham, the NATA Career Advancement Center, and Carissa Colangelo all gave us follows on Instagram. So thank you very much. We can't tell you how much we appreciate that. Awesome. And we do I have to reach out to uh, Miss Colangelo because I am curious to know if she's related to the people I work for. <laughs> My AD's name is, his last name is Colangelo and he has a brother who's pretty big in the baseball and it'd just be interesting to know how small the world is. Well, um, She's my coworker, so I might be able to ask yeah. well, well, get them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for following us, and um, we're excited to have you uh, hearing our, well, my annoying voice and everybody else's cool voices. Um, so last week was a blast. We uh, we had an episode with some high school athletic trainers, and we all talked about some very memorable experiences and what we loved about our uh, our settings. And so this week, a bit of a change of pace. So um, we have some awesome guests on deck. Uh, Dr. V, would you mind doing the intro for our guests? Absolutely. It is my honor and privilege to introduce Amber Radke and Mr. Tim Happel. Amber joined MedStar Sports Medicine in 2016 after spending four years as an assistant athletic trainer at Winthrop University in Rock Hill. Woo-hoo. Big ups to Winthrop University. My aunt went there. Um, Amber is currently the head athletic trainer for the Maryland Black Bears junior ice hockey team and is a community liaison in the Baltimore region, working closely with the Baltimore Union Soccer Club. She is also currently the head athletic trainer for the USA lacrosse women's sixes team. Prior to taking on these roles within MedStar Health, she was the head athletic trainer at CCBC Essence. Amber earned her bachelor's degree in athletic training from the University of Michigan and her master's degree in athletic training at the University of Kentucky. In 2013, she was athletic trainer for the, I'm sorry, Amber, can you help me with that name? Yeah, the Haudenosaunee. Thank you. National women's lacrosse team. During the FILA 2013 World Cup, Amber, um, Amber is also a National Academy of Sports Medicine Association heart saver instructor. Her special interests include knee rehab, mental health, and emergency medicine and planning. Amber loves traveling, reading books, and selling homemade roasted almonds. Now, I'm going to introduce Tim. Tim joined MedStar Sports Medicine back in 2010. He is currently the head athletic trainer at Howard Community College. He is also serving as the head athletic trainer for the USA Men's National Sixes Lacrosse Team. Tim earned a bachelor's degree in athletic training from Towson University and a graduate degree in performance enhancement and injury prevention from California University of Pennsylvania. Prior to working at HCC, Tim was an athletic trainer at Cardinal Gibbons High School, as well as Hammond High School. He also served time as the role in the role of head athletic trainer for the real Maryland FC and assistant athletic trainer with the Washington Capitals preseason camps in 2008. Tim has a special interest in performance enhancement and injury prevention. In his free time, Tim likes to find outdoor adventures with, with his wife and three kids and complete an occasional triathlons. Tim believes people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care by Theodore Roosevelt. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Awesome round of applause yeah, for our guests. 
<laughs> Sweet. All right. So we have what's new in athletic training. So MATA registration is live. It is $100 through March 15th for our certified members. You will also have the opportunity to see one of our featured guests, Amber, where she will be presenting on Lead the Way, Leading the Way, Transitioning New Clinicians and Developing Lifelong Learners. You will also see our co-hosts, Dr. H and Dr. V, and we'll be discussing CBD, all things CBD, CBD 101. And we are together again in Philly with NATA and happy NATM to all the athletic trainers out there. We are going on with our hashtag slogan, providing care everywhere for this month of National Athletic Trainers Month. Yes. Happy Athletic Trainers Month, everybody. Awesome. Stories and shenanigans. We had a a good one this week. Yes, indeed. So why don't you jump right in with that? Brandon, give us a little overview. So this one was interesting. We had an article that we shared amongst each other. Um, about uh, concussions. So we're, concussions are they're, they're still kind of at the forefront of, of our science. Um, we're still trying to figure out a lot of it. And we're learning more and more. And it's, it's weird. The more that we learn, the more we realize we don't understand about them. So the last decade or so, they've been really a hot topic in sports medicine, injury prevention, et cetera. So uh, this particular article um, was about people trying to track or identify concussions through um, through urine samples. And this is very interesting to me because I was actually a participant in a study um, regarding something similar. So um, I don't want to hog the entire spotlight, but I will share uh, the info. I, I wanted to give our guests an opportunity to, to share their thoughts on the topic. Well, I got to tell you, uh, you know, it's, it immediately gave me a little bit of PTSD uh, thinking about this because I, it took me back to my high school days of uh, doing wrestling weigh-ins. I don't know if y'all had to do the wrestling weigh-ins oh, yes. with the refractometers and, you know, handling any amount of urine is a little bit too much for me. So <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of, unfortunately, was just that, that history there. So, um, <laughs> you know, luckily it's a little in a little bit of a different um, concept here. It, it's definitely interesting to think about, but I had a lot of trouble getting past past that PTSD of sure. the and urine and, and urine checking before uh, wrestling weigh-ins. Absolutely, Amber, what did you think? Well I, have to say, well, I have no PTSD from wrestling weigh-ins, so that was not even on my radar when I was reading it. I was like, "This would be sweet if we could have a way to like do something quick and fast and like." not on the sideline, but, you know, fairly close to the sideline um, to do that. For me with hockey, we have lots of concussions. So um, it would be nice to have some like objective data that is like, here you go. Um, So I think it's a cool idea and hopefully it goes somewhere or maybe we do a spit test or something, but I, I think it's so cool that we're learning all these biomarkers and how they can help us. I 100% agree. Um, I also picked up with a lot more hockey again um, once I started at the St. James. And, I mean, it's just, you know, when we have so much going on and the one thing the athlete and, and the parents want to know is, is there a definitive test that you can do right now um, to say yes or no if, if my child has a concussion? So if this were to be something that we could like really bring to the profession and bring to the sideline or, you know, have as a tool in our toolbox. I think that would be amazing. Cool. So um, I was, I was involved in part of a study maybe six or seven years ago where we collected saliva from uh, our athletes who we suspected of having concussions and we froze it and uh, sent it off to be analyzed and it was neat. So the way I understood it, and Tim, I also had that uh, that uh, PTSD. I really wrestling season is <clears throat> part of my least favorite uh, part of my job is is collecting urine, and it's super frustrated because half the wrestlers will be dehydrated and they won't pass the test, and they'll have to do it again. 
It's just, and then most of those guys will quit anyway. So it's like I handled your germ for nothing, whatever. But exactly. um, <laughs> uh, I think the, the method behind uh, the idea for the at least the saliva test and maybe the urine test was is to kind of set it up like we have the uh, current uh, the home test, the at home test for COVID or the pregnancy test. Maybe where you just pee on a stick, and if the line appears, it's positive, and if it doesn't, it's negative. Um, and I thought that was beautiful. Um, it would be neat, and I'd be interested to know how long after the injury does it take for the biomarkers to show up, and if that's consistent or does it change? How much does it vary from person to person? You have to expect it to vary some, but um, I think it would it would be uh, really nice to have something. I don't want to say more, I guess more definitive than what we have now. Cause essentially what we do in most places is we collect symptoms and decide from the symptoms and the mechanism uh, and the onset of the symptoms. If it's more likely than not that a person has a concussion, it's not like you can send them in an x-ray or a CT scan and just get a yes or no answer. So I, I think, think, I think you guys all kind of nailed. Sorry to mean to interrupt you. Oh, sure. You guys all kind of nailed it with it's the objectivity, right? It's like when you can present something that says yes or no, that's pretty, that's pretty big deal. Like right now you almost have to bring them along for the ride sometimes to convince somebody or, or a, a, either a player or the parent or a coach and say like, look, we have these symptoms or like, I can see these symptoms, even if you don't want to admit it, or, you know, we have to, we have to like almost convince people sometimes. Um, although that's less and less these days, um, you know, that objectivity really is going to make the difference. If, if, whether whatever test comes out to, to work best, it's, it's, when you can say, look, here's what the test shows, it's it definitive. That's the, that's the right word. It just tells you where we're at, and then you can kind of move forward from there. It kind of skips a lot of the, the stuff you do in the beginning and maybe how the interaction is framed at times and uh, can kind of give you a clear direction and how to, how to proceed. Yes. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to, uh, to more coming from that study and the more studies like it uh, to see what happens. And uh, quick shout out to George Mason University and uh, their Achieves program, who was uh, conducting the study that I was part of. And I'm going to reach out to the docs there and, and see what they came up with and, and where that study is now. So, sweet. And on that on that same note, the um, Zurich um, meeting is isn't that 2022 or 2023? I think it is this year. Yeah, I think so. So. So new information, regard, either way, it's coming yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll, we'll be sure to update our concussion uh, policies and protocols based on the information that they put out there. So I look forward to that as well. All right. Awesome. So center court. All right. So center court is our feature topic. Um, and, of course, we have uh, our, our, our guest here. So we have Amber and Tim, and we're just going to fire some questions at you and and we're just going to talk freely about however, you know, whatever comes out. And uh, I don't know if people know this isn't one of the uh, this, this isn't one of the podcasts where we expect people to get CEUs and stuff like that is is really very informal and hopefully helpful, but a really relaxed environment. And um, it's, it's really cool to be able to talk to such cool people uh, about what we do as a profession. So. So first question for our guests how did you become interested in becoming an athletic trainer? Amber, you want to go first? Sure. Um, like I think a lot of athletic trainers, uh, I had some injuries. So in high school, I played soccer and I tore both my ACLs in high school. Wow. So I tore the left one, my junior or my freshman year and the, the right one, my junior year. So now I know that that's fairly common for females to tear both of them if it's a non-impact, uh, if it's a you know non-contact injury. But back then I didn't know that. So, um, but that's how I got into sports medicine, spending so much time at physical therapy. And then when I was applying to college, I always wanted to go to the University of Michigan. So they have like a bunch of schools. You know, I just thought it was the University of Michigan. You just apply to go to school. No, you have to apply to a certain school. So then I was like, oh, no, I don't know what school I'm supposed to be applying for. So um, I ended up applying to the School of Kinesiology. And within that, they had different majors. And so I was like, oh, athletic training, that seems cool. I'll get a lot of hands-on experience. Because I actually thought I was going to go to PT school. Um, 
but I was like, that'll be a good way to get some hands-on experience. And then as I kept going, I was like, you know, I think athletic training is for me. Like, I don't want to go to PT school after I'd already taken a bunch of the prereqs. So, you know, physics too, cool, orgo, cool. Um, I didn't ever ended up needing those, but um, yeah, I just fell in love with athletic training and so stuck with it. Sweet. Yeah, I guess my, my story is that during those, you know, formative high school years, it was, it was, you know, what are you going to do with your life? You know, that, that whole, that whole jazz and realized that I liked sciences. I was taking an anatomy class, felt like I was pretty good at that. And, uh, you know, also an athlete played, played tons of sports growing up in high school and otherwise, and, you know, thought, how can I, you know, marry these things, you know, athletics, I love it. You know, I'm not, not, no, I'm not good enough to go pro, but you know, I enjoy it. This, this science stuff is all right, you know, so how do I marry these things? And I started looking around and, you know, during that same time, I, I had a, you know, decent soccer injury, it wasn't ACL tear like Amber, but, you know, it was, it's just kind of um, helped kind of point me in that direction. And uh, I guess I never looked back. Sweet. So Amber, I have a bit of a follow-up question because so much of uh, athletic training and physical therapy overlap. They are very distinct in, in uh, their scopes, but they do overlap. Uh, what was it about athletic training that kind of stole you away from PT, if, if I might ask? Very yeah. Um, this was kind of like an existential crisis I had my junior year. I can I literally remember this moment. I went for a run. It was in the summer between junior and senior years. And um, I my, the athletic trainer, the first athletic trainer I worked with at Michigan was field hockey was working with field hockey and she, they were having camp. So she was outside as I was running by the field hockey field. So I like stopped to have a chat with her. And I was like, I really think I am going to do athletic training instead of PT, but now I don't know like what's the next step because it was always like apply to PT school. And I was like, I don't know what the next step is. Um, it was because when I did my rotations in the physical therapy clinic, you know, great places to work that I got to see and do a lot as a student, but it was just to me so regular. <laughs> that sounds so bad, but like <laughs> the same thing. It was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, kind of saw the same patients. Tuesday, Thursday, you kind of saw the same patients. And obviously you got new patients, you know, throughout the semester that you were with them. But it just, athletic training was so much more exciting. Like you never know what was going to happen, especially in college. It was like, you never know who was going to walk in with whatever thing or like, Oh, I have pink eye today. So now we have to take care of that. Or I fell on the ice and I broke my hand, you know, so you just, it's not even always the like specific sports injuries. It's all the other stuff. And it was just, I don't know. I thought it was way more exciting and every day was different. So I, I think that was the biggest thing for me was that I was looking for that kind of lifestyle. It fits my personality. As I've gotten older, I've realized I'm a little bit of a a wanderer, love traveling. I've never had a problem moving to a new place. So I'm like, this fits my, my vibe better. That's awesome. That's interesting because I've always asked, um, and people ask me the difference and why I did, I chose one over the other. And it's the same thing. Um, I think PT is wonderful. And when I speak, I'm very careful because I, I really think it's important. It's necessary. And, um, but it just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine myself walking in and knowing exactly what I'm going to get almost every day. Pretty much, you know, who's coming and when and what time and what their injury is and what was done already to resolve it. And there's almost no dealing with trauma. And if, and if you PT, uh, I, I should say it by I sh there's trauma, but it's, it's already been stabilized. It's already been managed. And, um, I just kind of, I appreciate that my, my attention span is very short. So I, I really like when new things happen around me. And um, so that's what drew me to athletic training. But I've also spoke to people who said that they enjoy knowing exactly what they're going to get and exactly what time they go to work and exactly what time they go home and that their schedule isn't, you know, affected by rain or so um, some, some people thrive in that environment and some people, you know, need the need the opposite and uh, I was a I've always been a very short attention span kind of person so the the unexpected things that pop up in athletic training really keep me on my toes and I enjoy that so it sounds like we're like alike in that aspect and that's always weird to me how we 
athletic trainers always say like they like that unpredictability and athletic trainers are also notorious for being so like schedule meticulous and so like (laughs) need everything written down and I'm just like how is this even a thing like how does this work so like listen you're so I live by my planner and I am old school and have a written planner still like I hear you I it's that is such a weird dichotomy yeah and um like one Amber was at uh the St. James one day and we were looking I think we were looking for a a charger for a phone and like I pulled out my little electronics organizer with all my little things like neatly stored in their their little section but yeah, I don't, I'll never figure that one out. Um, but I well, also have another, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tim. No, no, finish, finish your thought. No, I was going to completely change the subject. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I was just going to say, I'm going to get a little meta here for a second. I think for me, you know, from what you just said there, it, it's, you, for me, it's a little bit of a balance of, of order and chaos, right? You like a little Ooh. bit of chaos factor, but you got to have some order to balance that out. If it's all chaos all the time, you go mad. If you saw order all the time, you go mad. So I think it's the blend of the two that I found uh, when I've looked introspectively. I think that's it for me is, is I like the blend, you know, got to have the order to go with the chaos, but you got to have the chaos to go with the order. That, that is I think so good. That, that is the, that's it right there. Say that again, Tim. <laughs> well, you got to have the, you got to have the balance of order and chaos, right? Okay. I think, well, I, think we, I think we I think we just found our title. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I love that. And I love that you said blend, Tim, because balance is never a thing, I don't think. You can it's very rare you're in balance, but the blend, mm, man, I yeah. love that. Absolutely. That's you're right sick. about that. I guess I never thought about that that part specifically, but you're right. It's it, they always kind of bleed into each other a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. There we Thank go. you. There we so Thanks for naming this what? episode. <laughs> that, that, that one happened quickly. It did. <laughs> um, Amber, I have another follow-up question for you. How did you, um, how were your non-contact ACL injuries? How did those happen? Um, the first one I was playing indoor soccer and mm-hmm. uh, I was like essentially facing forward and turning to go behind me. The ball like went behind me and I felt, I like kind of fell. I mean, it like, I felt it at the time. Obviously I didn't know what it was, but I felt a shift. I fell down. I felt like a baby deer, like didn't know how to walk. Um, it was very classic. Like my knee swelled up right away, but I went to urgent care and they gave me a straight leg immobilizer and said, you'll be fine in a few weeks. And so um, I, after a few weeks, I was like pretty, pretty okay, but still obviously couldn't cut really. Mm-hmm. And um, the, head coach was like, I think that you should, I think you might've torn your ACL. Like, I feel like you should go to an orthopedic specialist. Um, so I didn't really find out till like, honestly, like months after it actually happened. Um, but the second one I knew immediately because I had already done it. Um, I was playing defense against somebody. They cut this way. I planted my right foot, went to turn with them and it just immediately popped. I felt it, hurt it, all the things, but didn't, it didn't hurt as bad as the first time probably because I already knew what was going on. I, I like drove home with my right foot. Like I was like, walked off. I'm like, I tore my ACL. It's cool. It's fine. Like it was way different than the first time where I was like screaming, like, Oh my gosh, this hurts so bad. So fun fact, I also am a bilateral ACL (laughs) non-contact Injury as well. And mine, the first one, I was in high school. I was a junior in high school. And the second one, I was a senior in college. And the second one hurt way more for me. And I think, again, it was because I knew what it was. And I was just like, hey, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And um, But my first one, it was my basketball coach who had, he, was, he studied um, athletic training basically in college. And so he knew exactly what happened. And so when I went to urgent care and they told me, they gave me the straight leg immobilizer and said, you'll be okay in a couple of weeks. He was like, no, he called me that night, asked what they said. And he said, so tomorrow call me again. And we're going to look for orthopedic surgeons for you to go and visit. And so that's what we did. And I got the MRI ASAP and it was torn and I was able to, you know, get back out there, but yeah. And the second time it was, 
Um, first time I'm not even going to tell the story how it happened because it was actually because my uniform was too big. So we're just going to leave that alone. Um, the second one, the second time was um, I actually, I don't know why I didn't immediately get drafted to the WNBA because I literally like crossed myself up. And when I went to, I went to make a move with my right hand and I went, I went to cross over to my left to make a layup and that was it. So I, I juked myself out of my ACL. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> wow. It's a good thing you can laugh about it now though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Laughter is healing. <laughs> so what are we learning from this episode so far? Soccer is the devil and uh, don't go to urgent care for your ACL injuries. that's like my life's mission is to explain to people that like if you have a sport injury urgent care is not the best place for you that is it's not bad it's just not the best place for you okay so i should say for our listeners soccer is not the devil i just say that because i broke my leg really (laughs) bad playing soccer in pe class trying to impress a girl i'll tell you guys about it when we go off air it's a really long story but um at work at a high school I was working at, uh, someone diving for football dove into my leg, and I tore my ACL. And for work, for workers' comp, we have to go to their doc first, and their doctors are urgent care. And I went, and they said, well, it's not really that swollen, and you can walk on it. Here's a straight leg immobilizer. And I said, well, the reason it's not really that swollen is because I'm an athletic trainer. I manage swelling for a living, and I I've been doing a good job so you guys can get good x-rays. Are you going to x-ray it? And they're like, hey, we don't need to x-ray it. It's just a sprain. I said, yes, but it's a third-degree sprain. And I need a referral from you guys so that I can go see my doctor without coming out of pocket. And they would not give me one. So um, they finally did give me one because I, I threatened that. If, I, if I'm going to go see another doctor, I'm going to pay out of my pocket. And when I do, you guys are going to reimburse me. And you're going to have to pay me for my suffering. So you can give me the referral now and not spend any money giving me the referral, or you could pay a lot later. And they did. And um, I went and got the MRI. And so, yeah, maybe that's something we should visit in another episode is uh, urgent care decisions. Because uh, it's really tricky. A lot of our, not just urgent care, but emergency, like emergency departments also. Um, so being at a high school, um, as you may know, is a, it's a lot more, uh, intensive in uh, cooperating with with uh, professionals that you really don't have a rapport with, and so a lot of our kids, for for example, we talk a lot about concussions, and uh, some of our students who have concussions and the symptoms are severe or they they don't go away, we refer them, and sometimes moms and dads just take them to the ER that night just to be sure, and sometimes they'll get a CT scan and it comes back negative, and they'll say, "Oh, it's negative. You're fine. You you have a clean bill of health." Or um, so a lot of the a lot of the way that they evaluate injuries is really not congruent with the way that we we evaluate injuries and decide when it's safe to return people back into the mix. So um, I think that'll be fun. Maybe we need to find some urgent care people and get them on here. And, and, yeah, and like navigating <laughs> the healthcare system for right. somebody yeah. who isn't mm-hmm. in the healthcare system. And I I think that's one of the great things of our system, like where how we work. Um, and as an athletic trainer, we can say, okay, you need to go to urgent care for X, Y, and Z because I need you to urgently get some images or I need to urgently get stitches or I need to urgently, we can help them navigate that, that process and, and make it run a bit you know, more smooth so that they don't have to waste money, like you know, making unnecessary visits uh, to, you know, because they took an extra step and went to another place before, you know, instead of just going straight to an orthopedic. So I think that's great that, you know, our MedStar athletic trainers have those relationships with um, these, um, the injury clinics, the urgent cares and the physicians where we can help them. Like if something happens, it's like, okay, this one is okay for you to go to urgent care or um, go to urgent care tonight. So you can get, you know, a certain type of care now, but you're going to also need to follow up and go see X, Y, and Z. So I, I think that's another key factor, um, key skill or key point um, in uh, our profession as athletic trainers. Awesome. You guys got a lot of cool stuff going on over there at MedStar um, because you have so many uh, different types of clinicians that you're you're networked with. So um, while we're talking, I guess um, that's kind of a good segue into the next uh, question is, is what what 
drew you you to MedStar? What what was it about MedStar that attracted you uh, to apply? Well, um, for me, <clears throat> I was uh, still a fairly young athletic trainer. Been there, been doing it for <clears throat> uh, about I guess three years until I kind of made a switch into MedStar, and uh, um, I, I actually liked that network. You know, I, I liked um, I, I liked having the, a good relationship with a good network. I feel like that's important. So, um, I saw that in MedStar and at where I had, where I was at that time, I didn't feel like I had that. So, you know, um, for me, that was, that was something that I looked at. Um, it was also just a good opportunity for, for something new. Um, you know, I was going over to, uh, a, a private high school at that time, which is, is no longer exists now, but, but at the time it was, um, you know, a very notable place to, to be is uh, with a lot of history. Babe Ruth went there, you know, it was, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool location and all that. So um, I saw a lot of different things like that. And it, it, it just kind of spoke to me a little bit more than where I was at at the current moment. So I think that was that was the reason for me. Sweet. For me, um, I had been working in Division One for a while and I had been in my fourth year at Winthrop and um, kind of felt like it was a natural time to move on. I saw like the freshmen through to their senior year. We started the program at Winthrop. So that was like really cool to see the evolution of the lacrosse program there. Um, The coach that I worked with was moving on to a new job. So it just kind of felt like a natural transition. Um, and I will just be honest and say, I was moving to Maryland for a boy. Don't always do that, but it's worked out so well for me. But, um, (laughs) I will say I kind of got a lot of backlash when I was leaving division one and like moving to, they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, listen, I want to have a life. Like (laughs) I want to live, Right. see what else is there. So I applied to a bunch of places in Maryland, but MedStar really, I felt like there were so many opportunities for me. And things to consider that I never, ever considered working just in division one. And so like when I started, I was at a community college for three years. And then we had this opportunity to open up with junior hockey and I'm from Michigan and I grew up watching the Red Wings. And I was like, yes, let's do that. I never worked hockey before. They gave me the opportunity. And now I like, I love it. So um, I just feel like there's been that part was really cool for me. And I just, when I interviewed, I really liked the vibe that I felt. And I think that is so important to like, for anybody interviewing for jobs, it's hard with this zoom world we're living in, but if you can go to the place, if you can meet some of the people, I highly suggest doing it because there's no like substitution for that. Like, do I fit in here? Do you know, like, do I like these people? Cause it's so you work with them all the time. So you really right. want to like them. Um, it's really important. Uh, the people that you work with. So those are the two biggest things for me. Very cool. Um, so I, I spent some time, um, at Cardinal Gibbons as well. I'm not sure. Like it was a long, long time ago, like summer camps. And, um, I worked very closely with, um, uh, Coach Flynn, Bob Flynn, he has passed on. Uh, but it was good times in the summer over at, at Cardinal Gibbons. And uh, now they have that nice state. I mean, they shut it down, but um, they still use the field and it is Babe Ruth Field. And a lot of the local teams and the um, schools are able to come over and, and use that field. And the, the field is actually really nice, even though the building is boarded up around it. But <laughs> it's a good, you know, it's, it's good for the, the neighborhood for sure. Yeah, definitely. Bob Flynn was a legend there. Yeah. All right. So um, in your opinion, what are some advantages of being an athletic trainer? Um, We already talked about the blend of order and chaos. Um, So maybe that might, you know, segue a little bit into, you know, what, what your thoughts are on some of the advantages of being an AT. Yeah, it's, I, I think that's that's kind of part of it, right? That order and chaos, um, you know, that <clears throat> definitely is a, a factor for sure. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I guess we're, I think we're getting into the time of college semesters where uh, 
kids are getting specific assignments because I've been hit up three times for interviews from college students <laughs> asking you know, questions about you know, a similar type of things. So I've, I've thought about this a little bit. And, um, you know, I tell them there's always advantages and disadvantages to everything. And, and with, with athletic training profession, it's, um, it's sometimes you get to go watch a game and get paid for it. Right. That's, that's, that's kind of, that's a pretty good perk. Um, you, you got a population that for the most part you, you can appreciate, you know, they're, they're of a certain age group, they're motivated people. They all have specific goals in mind. Um, and all of those things help with the buy-in, you know, on, on the front end and the back end of, of you know, injuries. And, um, you know, so I think you got a lot to work with there with, with, with all of that. And um, you just have certain types of people. And, and um, I think I'm drawn to those types of people. And hopefully, hopefully that's a little bit reciprocal. So I think that's, um, you know, one of the advantages is just having that community and that population and, and that subset of uh, stuff going on, you know? So uh, all of that, it, it fits what we, we'd already talked about, I think. Yeah. I think our profession is like so unique in the relationships that we get to build with parents, coaches, players, or yeah. Like doctors see them for five minutes Maybe, you know, your ortho through your whole ACL sees you for maybe like 30 minutes through the whole process. <laughs> and so as an athletic trainer, I think it's so cool that we get to develop these relationships and really get to know these kids and build a rapport and that respect. Like just the other day, one of the guys was like, it's just so nice to have a familiar face around. Like he doesn't ever come to me for like anything, like occasionally he needs like a bandaid or something, but I'm like, oh, that's so nice that you think that. Like, so um, for me, like watching them develop as people and not just as athletes is also like really cool. And to be a part of that process is, is cool too. Nice. Are there any disadvantages? Hell, yeah. It's, you know, there always is right with every job. You can't, you can't find a job that doesn't have any, but you know, that the, the time commitment can be a little bit, you know, hard at times, you know, nights, weekends, holidays, you want to do the same thing other people are doing, you you know, sometimes we spend that time working when other people are doing whatever it is that they do on their free weekends. Um, so I think to me, that's a big one. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad of three, you know, so that comes with its own, uh, challenges, you know, in our field. Um, when you aren't working those different hours than everybody else, you, you got to find ways to, to fit in that family time or, you know, find those activities that, that do fit, you know, it gets a little bit harder, you know, at that time. But um, like I said, there's challenges with every job. So I, I think for me, those are the ones that I, I've had to um, work out the most. Um, but, you know, I think that it's, it's worthwhile to, to navigate. I agree. I think the time is hard sometimes, but, um, for me, since it's kind of all I've ever known, I've been an athletic trainer for, I don't, whatever, 13 years now. So it doesn't seem weird to me anymore that Friday and Saturday nights, I have hockey games on some of those nights and I don't, that's what I do. Um, I think it's weirder for people who aren't athletic trainers who are like, you have to work on the weekends. Like, what do you mean? We're doing this. I'm like, wow. I'm not going to do that. Um, so yeah, but I think like Tim said, if I think you look over all the benefits outweigh the, the maybe downsides to things and you find ways to make it work. And I do think that MedStar has, is really supportive of trying to help us. We have a whole team of people. So if you have a wedding, you really want to go to, or you're in a wedding, like there's plenty of people to back you up and help you out and cover for you and give you some away time. Uh, even if you just need a mental health day, I think they, we do a good job of supporting each other um, in that. Cause when you're the only high school athletic trainer by yourself, you know, employed by your high school, you ha don't have anybody else. You're like looking around like, Oh no, what do I do? Go for Alice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need help. I'm drowning. Um, 
So it's really nice to have that support system here. It's very interesting that you bring that up because that is one of the things we struggle with in my school division is finding subs. And uh, we had a great partnership with uh, one of the health systems here and they were recently bought out and a lot of things changed. I'm not sure exactly what changed. I just know a lot has changed. And um, most of the athletic trainers that were there aren't there anymore. They used to actually sub for us for free. And um, all we had to do is give them enough notice so that they can schedule it out. But um, now I don't think they have very many. In fact, I think they only have one young lady and kind of the, the rumor is that she might be on her way out. So, um, I don't know. That's something we have to tackle because uh, like we have a, a colleague now who's getting ready to go on maternity leave. And I don't know if she has a sub or not, but I do know that those games are going to go on whether there's someone there or not. And those kids are going to get hurt whether there's someone there or not. And they need someone to care for them. So it will be um, super useful to everyone if we could figure out a situation where we had additional hands we could call on or if they just wanted to, you know, foot the money. We have a really huge budget or our school division, they, they, they just hire us assistants. And uh, that would kind of mitigate some of that. But that's a whole other topic for a whole other show. <laughs> but that support is crucial. Having that support from your uh, your team and your uh, your employer is, is crucial and help you overcome some of those uh, downsides to the, to the field, with the time commitment and everything else. So both of you have amazing personalities and it's so awesome getting to know you both a little bit better. Um, so what, which of your great characteristics do you think makes you an awesome athletic trainer? Uh, I'm going to let you tackle this first. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thanks, Tim. So nice. Um, well, we could just talk about each other. No. Uh, um, to, I think one of my best qualities and sometimes to the detriment is my honesty. Um, I am always honest with the athletes, like here's what's going on or here's the real situation. You know, like coach doesn't think you're playing very well. He's asking me if it has something to do with your hand. So let's talk. Is it something to do with your hand? Is it something to do with something else? Um, so I am always, I try to be as transparent as I can um, with the athletes. And I think they appreciate that. Um, and they feel like that's, uh, they respect me for that. Um, sometimes it's probably a little too real and a too blunt and I probably should figure out a better way to say some things. Um, like when my kid cut off his cast and I really kind of lost my, I lost it. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? Um, anyways, and I had to text some colleagues and be like, okay, pull me back for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think also, um, I think I'm pretty perceptive at reading people and I think that's come in handy in athletic training because sometimes it's the things they don't tell you that matter the most. Um, and you have to, sometimes you have to dig a little deeper and you have to know the kids to be able to be like, they're off. I don't know what it is, but the story doesn't match up. Something seems wrong. And, and I'm a huge believer that what's going on in your regular life, what's going on at home, what's going on just, with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, whatever does affect your injuries does affect how you feel. Um, I have a kid, this is random, but he's, we have, we're allowed to have four international athletes on the hockey team. And we have a kid from Belarus. Oh wow! And obviously right now it's, it's a crazy time, uh, especially for him and his family um, over there. And he was at, I don't travel with them and at an away game. And he was like, Oh, my back hurts. So he comes back and we start working on his back, but I'm also like, let's talk about what's going on at home. Like, how are you doing? Like, really? How's your family? Are they safe? You know, like, are you able to speak with them? Are you, you know, where is your head at? So I think that's so important. Um, and I think I do that fairly well. Yeah, here you go, Amber. So I've, I spent a lot of time with Amber between, you know, working at the community college setting with each other and uh, with U.S. lacrosse and otherwise um, she's right. She's pretty blunt and honest in a good way. <laughs> so I also, I, I will co-sign that. That's a, it's, it's definitely a characteristic I think is good for you. Um, I, I would say for me, it, it's definitely, um, I think it's the ability to kind of navigate certain things. So you know, we, so we work with so many people, right? The docs, 
the athletes, the coaches, the administrators, the parents, opposing teams, you know, um, having to navigate all of these different types of conversations, you know, good and bad and positive, negative. And, uh, you know, there, there, there's always, you know, times where there's news you don't want to deliver or, um, you know, maybe you get the chance to, to bring some, some good news to somebody and, and, you know, just having, having to, um, talk with all the different types of people. I think I do an okay job of that. And I think, I'm uh, I'm an open enough person that, that people feel comfortable with me. So I've always prided myself that, um, that, that, that the athletes are willing to come to me, um, you know, and be open. And, and sometimes I feel like, you know, they've told me, you know, I don't really usually go see my athletic trainer in the past, or I haven't, you know, I haven't felt like I trusted this person. And, and sometimes when they tell you those things, it makes you feel good. And I feel like that's because I'm open enough to kind of uh, take in the information they're giving me, um, maybe uh, give off the right kind of um, vibe that they feel like they can trust me and that we're going to do the right things. Right. So so for me, it's just, I feel like navigating certain situations, you know, we're always adapting. We're always trying to adjust, um, doing that with, with people, with situations. I think it's something I've, I've learned to, to be pretty good at. I second Tim. I think Tim is so go with the flow. I am not as good at go with the flow, but Tim is so go with the flow. And in Juco, if you are not go with the flow, when I first started in Juco, I was like, this, what is this? This is a wild, wild west. Like people just do whatever they want to here. Remember, no, there are no rules. It's just like, okay. And junior hockey is kind of similar, but Tim is just like, yep, we're chilling. We're riding the waves. I was like, I want to, I don't want to ride the waves. This is not, this is, I, need some, I need some calm. What is happening? Maybe that's, rules. Tim, maybe that's to my detriment. Very well. <laughs> Well, I've, I've, I've taken the, I've uh, taken the flag of your wild, wild west mantra, you know, in the, here in the Juco life, uh, I've kind of taken the flag there because it feels like it is, doesn't it? I, I always, because uh, I, I experienced some of that before in a previous uh, work setting, and I always just, just like matrix, like it's the matrix today, like just, just keep moving so it, the stuff, it misses you and you just... <laughs> going through the matrix (laughs) that's fair so true yeah that's a great analogy so we had a couple more questions um and i I like to ask this of everyone so what is your favorite part of what you do right now i have so much fun i think that is like at the end of the day And being during COVID, you know, we were kind of redeployed, which was awesome that we still kept our jobs and whatever, but we were redeployed into call centers and urgent cares. And again, I got to learn some new skill sets. I didn't, you know, got to hone my skills a little bit in different areas, but um, being back with your team full time, kind of, it's just, I'm like, yeah, it's fun, still fun. And I think it should be fun. And when it's not fun, then it's time to do something different and move on. Um, but I feel like I'm still having fun and learning and like laughing and smiling. And so that's important. Yeah, for sure. I'll second that. Um, it's important that it is still a little fun and it is. So, uh, I'll definitely agree there, you know, and I've always appreciated that change of seasons, right. You know, when new season comes, we get, we get a new setting sometimes, new environment. So, uh, you know, that, that's pretty cool too. So is there a least favorite aspect of what you do? Communicating with 18 to 21 year olds is sometimes <laughs> difficult. <laughs> I'm like, are you listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, I'm not kidding. I had a hockey guy walk around with a dislocated jaw for six days because he was not following instructions. And I was like, you're face hurts. Like, why are you not listening to what I'm telling you to do? Like what? I don't understand why. And he's 21. And I was like, you should know better. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> some that's like how I feel like this some days. Like what? That's your response to what I'm telling you. Um, so yeah. And, and now as I get a little bit older and older, 
listening to their music. I'm like, I don't know who this is. Never heard this person. <laughs> Never. I and I feel like of my parents. I'm like, who am I now? And I don't feel that old, but I'm like, I don't know anything that's happening anymore. I have this pair of shoes that I got. And the guys have been like, those are some sweet shoes. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to wear them every day. Perfect. Because <laughs> I feel like sometimes as you get older, you're, I'm like, I'm out of touch. I don't know what's happening. Uh, I don't know how to communicate with people anymore. And so some days that's the challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think uh, the, the, the part about the music, um, the, it's also cool, like, or not cool. I don't know when you hear a beat and it's being sampled onto something else you're like yeah i know that song and then you hear the words and you're like wait i don't know this song <laughs> 100%. And i keep asking them like where do they get these mashups from i have no i i like how do you find them where do you get them amico, i know nothing amico parts excited to find the new music you know and see where that 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 old beat takes me and then i'm equal parts you know a little disappointed that it's not as good as it used to be and maybe old time, but you know every once in a while you discover that good one that that, that you hold on to and you're like I'm glad I found this one. <laughs> but, Most of the times it's like, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, wow. What a, well, I'd say, I'd say for me, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, since we're talking college specifically, when you're talking to those 18 and 21 year olds and even older, you know, you don't, you don't, there's limits how you can talk to when and how you can talk to parents. Right. So there are times when that's a beautiful thing. And then there are times where, you know, you say, you know, this kid is just, he's so immature. I, if I know that if I called mom or dad, we could straighten this thing out real fast, but you know, that's not always the case. Um, I've been told, no, you cannot speak to my parents about this. So, you know, it's, it, that definitely is, is a college challenge when, when you're dealing with these, these kids who are still figuring out who they are, trying to figure out where they fit in the world. And, what they're doing in their lives at any given moment and uh, you know, trying to help them out. So yeah, I'd say for sure that that's, you know, a challenge. Tim, the second that in junior hockey, they live with host parents here in Maryland, billet families, we call them. So not only do I have billet parents sometimes asking and reg- real, their actual parents who live in wherever Minnesota and then the player. So that adds a whole nother dimension of communication because the billet parents are the people who are here, who are able to help them now, but the other, their parents need to know sometimes what's going on. So um, yeah, it, that is a hard thing to navigate. Yeah. So of course me having all of my hundred percent of my kids are in high school. Uh, parents are they're the best part of the job and the worst part of the job at the same time. So uh, it's incredibly helpful when you uh, you have parents who are supportive of your decisions. A lot of times you have parents who don't agree with your decisions. And sometimes they'll still support, even though they don't agree with it. And sometimes they'll tell you where you can go and how you can get there. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of miss working at the college setting where um, I could deal directly with the athlete. Um, I'm fortunate to be able to – I have a knack for building rapport with my athletes. So I, I usually don't have that many instances where um, they don't follow instructions. Um, but sometimes when you, you do and you got to talk to mom and dad or mom and dad want you to do a specific treatment despite their, uh, you know, however many years they didn't study <laughs> uh, <laughs> sports medicine and athletic training or medicine in general or even first aid. Um, so that's always an, an interesting dynamic, having to deal with parents versus not having to deal with parents and of course, there's pros and cons to each. So, um, yeah. Wow, what a fun episode! <laughs> I didn't think I would laugh this much. I had to turn my uh, my microphone down so I didn't, you know, shut your zooms off while I was laughing. But this is cool. So, um, I guess we should wrap up. We're, we're headed to right right at an hour, right about now. Um, Already? Yeah, I know. Right, it, it flew by. Goes by so fast. If you had a, a message that you wanted to send to the masses who are gonna by the masses, I mean like the eight or ten people who listen to this podcast, uh, what <laughs> what would you what would you want them to take home if it's from this episode or something that we haven't discussed? What would you want to say to them? It's a good one. My, you want to go? No, no, you go. My 
these are the two things I say, and it goes for athletic training profession or any any life, I think in general, is always remember where you came from. Um, there was a time where you didn't know this either. Uh, so remember that. And um, I think that will take you far in life in general. And then I always say, do the little things right. So whatever that is in whatever you're doing, if you are, you know, in high school working at like, whatever, the washing dishes at the restaurant, do that really well. Do what you're supposed to do, like do the little things that you're supposed to do right. So in athletic training, I always tell students, can you wrap an ice bag really well so when that person walks away, it doesn't fall off right away? Um, because that will immediately build rapport with that kid. Right. They're like, yeah, they know what they're doing. Um, so those are my two biggest things. Like remember where you came from and do the little things right. Sweet. Yeah, coming at the top, um, I think Danita mentioned that, uh, you know, a quote that I like, people don't know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, you can be the smartest person in the world. If people don't think you care, they're not listening, you know. So you, you got to get them to buy into you, you know. So if, they're buy, if they buy into you, they'll, they'll listen to pretty much anything, right, anything you say, as long as they feel like you're leading them in the right direction you get that buy-in, you get the, the rapport, you get all the things that go with that. So, you know, it, it doesn't need to be spoken words, you know, just being there, right. Just um, being in the moment with them, maybe, uh, maybe just listening to them, whatever the case is, you know, let them know you're there and, and they'll, they'll, they'll ride with you. Awesome. Those are solid responses. Those are gems. I hope, I hope the young, I hope the, Youngsters who listen to this, take notes on that. And I'm playing too because I did, I did kind of slide that in there. I didn't. That wasn't in the uh, in the re- we didn't rehearse, but that wasn't in the, the pre-planned <laughs> package of questions. So I appreciate that. Uh, appreciate your candor and those and those responses. So if people wanted to follow you all, are you all on the social medias on the interwebs? How would they find you? I'm gonna make this quick. I <laughs> I do the Facebooks. <laughs> Instagram, but but you're not going to find me on it too much. So uh, I keep it simple. I've been told I should do one of those Instagram athletic training Instagram pages, but I haven't got there yet. So maybe someone can start it for me. <laughs> All right. So Tim Happel on Facebook. That's right. Um, I'm the exact opposite of Tim. I mean, I'm on Facebook, normal name, um, but I'm more on Instagram these days. So that is at A-R Radke. Um, and I saw this on the thing, so I'll give a shout out. Yes, my family slash me um, sell almonds, roasted in sugar and cinnamon. This is so random. We're on a carny at heart. And um, so I have the roasting machine in our garage right now. And uh, anyways, you can buy some almonds, some nuts if you want. And that handle is at alpine.almonds. And that's on Instagram. Um, I don't do Twitter, so I got no handle there. Awesome. Almonds. Get some of those almonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, so again, Amber, you will be speaking, you'll be presenting at Mata, which is awesome. So, uh, if you're an athletic trainer and you're in uh, district three and you're going to the conference because everybody's going to the conference, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> please be sure to stop in and check her out. Also check us out while we do our presentation, me and uh, Dr. Valentine on all things CBD. So, uh, and what day is your guys' presentation? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to know that, right? <laughs> You're in charge, Danita. <laughs> Mine's on Friday, 2.15 to 3.15, I think. So there you go, if you're around. Um, hold on. I got, I got you. Okay, yes. <laughs> Amber, you are correct. You're on Friday. Brandon, you and I are on Saturday. All right. We're Saturday. So come by, meet us, uh, fist bump. And are we shaking hands yet? The numbers are going down. Fist bump, more fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I look forward to seeing you all there. It's going to be a blast.
Oh, I'm excited to meet you in real life, Brandon. That is going to be so much IRL. Fun. I know. I'm, I'm excited to people again. I hope the numbers stay manageable and, and continue to trend downward because I really miss my people. <sighs> All right. So that's it. There's another episode in the books. Uh, so thank you to our guests again for joining us. And uh, until next time, I'm the Uplift Athletic Trainer, Dr. Brandon Howland, reminding you that the difference between a good day and a bad day is your outlook. Change your attitude, change your life. And I am the unapologetic AT. And I'm reminding you, you're doing this all for nothing if you don't stand up for something. All right. We will see you all next Tuesday. Peace.